What's up, everybody, and welcome back to After Dragons. This is episode 12 of our creator interview series. My name is Rob Sanchez, and joining me today, we have Eric Peterson and Joe Aubrey, the writers and creators of Space Bastards. Um, volume 2 is currently on Kickstarter. When you're hearing this, it probably has about 48 hours to go, so check on that right now. And uh, Volume 1 is currently releasing through Humanoids Publishing. And uh, issue two just came out last week with issue three planned for March 10th. Eric, Joe, welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us. Dude, definitely. Space Bastards is a riot. And I, I've only read the first two issues of volume one at this up until this point. But you guys are setting the stage, man. <laughs> Thank you. If, yeah. if you could... Uh, if you could give an elevator pitch of Space Bastards or a one sentence summary, how would you, uh, how would you describe it? The disenfranchised people of the universe join the Intergalactic Postal Service, which is the dangerous, but or the most dangerous, but the most uh, potentially profitable job in the universe. It's, it's the place where you don't have a job, you don't have uh, a clock to punch, uh, but you do get shot at for a living. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> And, and the ramifications of that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the cost of your freedom, I think, from the, the daily drudgery and all that, so. Right, I yeah. think as the, uh, as the owner says, you know, when you're tired of getting kicked in the balls at the Intergalactic Postal Service, is, uh, <laughs> it's there for you. Exactly, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's been really funny to see this kind of wild take on a, like an almost uh, like FedEx kind of postal delivery service as if, but if the FedEx drivers could, you know, kill each other on the way and incur delivery charges on the um, on the consumer. So it's a pretty wild take on that, man. Uh, did you receive a package one day late and, and have this idea fall out of the sky or has it been a long time in the making between you guys? Eric, uh, Eric had the idea when he was um, young uh, to have a guy working uh, for the Intergalactic Postal Service. So that was an idea idea he had a long time ago. Ah. Sort of refined it by, um, we, need, we needed a package, you know, we need something to be transferred from one place to another and for there to be a competition, you know, or a, um, you know, a struggle or for that to create conflict. And so the, uh, the delivery of mail or the delivery of packages seemed to be the, the kind of the best way to get that, the immediate conflict uh, between uh, multiple characters. Right, kind of build out that uh, that that delivery character of yours. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Or I think in our case too, it's characters. I mean, it's it's the cool thing about the Intergalactic Postal Service is that we we can show so many different people from so many different walks of life that each the thing they share in common is, hey, they're at a point in their lives where they, you know, the postal service is is something that's that they're willing to work for. You know. Yeah, you're you're definitely at a certain point when you're willing to. Uh, uh, to work for the Postal Service here. As we see Manny get kind of bailed out of jail, basically, just to sign up for the service. Uh, and, you know, it seems like everyone else is really down on their luck or scraping the barrel when, uh, when they sign up. It's a, it's a risky business. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did the script writing process work for you guys in, um, in co-oping the project or in building it together? 
I think it's always been pretty unique. Uh, at least when I talk to other, you know, people that have writing teams or like co-writers and stuff, Joe and I have a pretty equal share in every stage of the process. I will say that I think, I think Joe and myself have different strengths and weaknesses. So uh, I've lucked out. I've been fortunate enough in finding my writing partner here who really does kind of flesh out the holes that I have and, and vice versa. I, I think we work pretty well in terms of just our, our, I think Joe and I both are kind of control freaks. Um, but you know, which, which helps, I think that benefits the project, but then at the same time, I know like stuff like continuity and stuff like that, like Joe's way better at than I am. And, and you know, there's some other things that we kind of fluff each other out. So it's kind of combining your efforts there to become that superhuman uh, writing team. <laughs> Eric, well, Eric yeah. is, is pretty, um, you know, pretty compulsive about structure and that uh, the story has to have certain elements, which is, which is helpful. And so we, mm. and he's, he was insistent early on that we, we outline uh, things really in really detailed fashion. And that that's helped us. So we get the outline down and, and we would get, we even got, when we got Derek on board, we'd get Derek to agree to the outline. And then from the outline, he and I would just sort of pass the script back and forth. And, uh, you know, so we just try to write something. We know that we, we have the, uh, the relationship we have is we can kind of hand stuff off to each other. And, you know, if it sucks, it, it sucks. And, but, but it hopefully will inspire the other person to, or, uh, you know, jog something. There'll be something good in it that'll, that'll cause I them see. to make something funnier or something better. And, hmm back and forth until we're until we're done with it or tired of it that's awesome so really it's just kind of a uh you know a slow improvement process on everyone's side here and even yeah. with, with derek involved did he help with some of the the outline or the the story elements too i don't think he, I, I, he helps out but like in a different way i think that you would expect like mm -hmm. with derek he's really really great in terms of world building and especially visual world building and kind of bringing up objections like hey, I, I'm not sure I understand how this thing works or I'm not sure I understand why it wouldn't work some other way. And, and stuff like that really does help Joe and I to kind of like- From that artist perspective get, or that visual, yeah. or the, almost the user perspective from a, with yeah. a software term. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like Joe and I will a lot of times come back with that artist feed, from that artist feedback and be like, yeah, you're right. This doesn't quite, it doesn't quite tangibly make sense. Let's figure out a better way or a, a better option to make this all come together, you know? Right. Right, makes sense there. Was uh, Space Bastards the first project that you guys have worked on together? We had done a few. We had we had done a few movies, um, and so, I don't know. It's 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 a it's a really hasty definition on my part to call them movies, but yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. But, so that's starting how, that's a different medium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Short films. Short films. Short really film. bad yeah. short films. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So some yeah. some of those. Uh, those slow burn horror films, right? <laughs> I wish, I, yeah, not even that good. Not even that good. Uh, so uh, Sci-fi, you know, mystery science theater, 3000 kind of stuff, you know, model hey. spaceships and uh, toy guns and that kind of thing. That is yeah. awesome. That's cool. So um, met creating films and decided to turn your minds towards the comic medium. Um, what's the story there as far as um, writing comics or how did Space Bastards find its way um, to a Kickstarter. It sounds like you created this character early on. Um, were you already writing scripts for him and trying to build more of a world? Yeah, yeah. The the originally Davy Proton and even Manny and Roy and some of the other characters were in those short films. But I think oh, Joe I and I were pretty quickly over a period of time kind of losing steam in terms of 
it, it, I mean, it, to make short films, even really bad ones, it takes like 15 hour days and like every single favor that you have from all your friends. And it's not a small up, task at all, is no, it? No. Right. And they end up hating you by the end of the shooting day and stuff, you know, like, so I, I think Joe and I had kind of reached a point maybe about, you know, a, a, quite a few years ago where we were like, you know, if we're going to make anything more with Space Bastards, I think by this point, I had kind of started doing some independent comics and, and hmm. uh, you know, it's like, I think this might actually work better on the page, given the fact that explosions take a lot of money or they look bad, uh, <laughs> you know, and movies versus like on the page, we can pretty much kind of try to do everything that we want to do. So. so the comic medium takes your special effects budget and just puts it through the roof, huh? You're basically unlimited there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you were using the worst possible the basement level special effects and then we could you know take that same budget uh, well and, and add a little to it and we could get the best possible comic book artist you know uh, right you know. and and it and a very good comic artist at that i mean i will say there's some panels in here that are just excellent all the poses and the yeah. form is really fluid it's a it translates really well to a comic media man with the action of the delivery as well yeah. <laughs> not saying I wouldn't want to see the short film version of Space Bastards or another adaptation, but <laughs> you can see just about as much as we want you to see of it. If you watch, if you get issue one, uh, which was out in January and you scan right. the QR code in the back with your phone, it'll play kind of a little montage of that's like awesome. I need to get out. Not worth the time. Not worth the yeah. Time. <laughs> it's not even, not even worth revisiting the short boxes to dig it out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Derek and Derek and everybody does such a, a, a wonderful job that yeah yeah that's that's where we want you to look for sure. <laughs> how did the um, uh, how did the script writing process differ for you guys from creating films to to comics? Um, other than having unlimited special effects options, did you have to um, kind of look at the story differently or or split it up differently as far as the, your pacing kind of goes, things like that? Yeah, I think. So. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, it, it when you um, it, it really depended on the artist. You know, we worked with a few of these guys now, and 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 Derek mm. at the beginning, and uh, and then Simon Bisley and uh, Clint Langley, and these guys. Some of them um, need the type of direction that you would write in a in a in a. Well, not need, but we'll we'll take the type of direction that you would write in a you know like a like a uh, screenplay. You know, where where you're kind of talking about the camera position and the framing and what each panel should contain. Right. And others are really good at, um, I mean, and all of them will elaborate and change things, that, you know, as they need to, but I mean, a lot of them um, don't need that much direction and they really come up with something better. Um, you know, you try to give them as much information to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, get across what you want to see visually. And, and so that changed, I think probably with a, with a, with a movie or with, with, when we, we, we would shoot this, we would try to be real precise about the camera angle or what, mm. what we would, what, what the, what the viewer would see. And in the comic, that uh, what I've learned is just to be a lot more, you know, put something down, but to kind of step back and let those guys take it because that they really know best. Right. Let them kind of run with the passion and the the art there to to expand on the world there. And each page needs to work. You know, each page needs to work. It needs to be fun for them, and and it needs to you know hmm. the reader needs to kind of look at each page. It's kind of that whole story. Each page has to tell a story, and it's it's hard to be thinking about that. Or for me, it's hard to be thinking about that. Eric is a lot better at that actually. Right, so kind of paying attention to the composition, not only of the whole story or your or your two volumes, but even just the individual page layouts or the kind right. of flow of that. Huh? Go right. ahead, Eric. Sorry. 
No, it's okay. It, it gets a lot more granular, I think, than anything in mm-hmm. um, movie or TV that I've worked on. Like, it, it gets a lot more about, hey, does each page work, like Joe said? And then also, too, a crucial part of our, of our process is, uh, like Joe mentioned before, we're really heavy outliners. So, like, the 44-page issue one, or, or I'll use issue two since that just came out and you were, you were just reading it. Um, like, that, I want to say the outline for issue two is something like, probably like seven pages, eight pages or something. Like, it's really detailed. Um. But then, like, but then like, you know, and you know, for Derek, like I will sit there and like do nothing but read Transmetropolitan or the boys or stuff that I know Derek's been involved in before we start writing mm-hmm. the actual script, just so that way, hopefully mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Try to get that hopefully... kind of style in your mind a little bit or yeah. well, and, and dip I think your that, pen into that. <laughs> I think like the style of sequential storytelling, like, like mm-hmm. I, I do think that each artist we work at with has kind of their, their own unique way to move from panel to panel. And so ideally when we're writing the script, even if we're not stating that, uh, I, I think it's always helpful to have that in our to, kind of subconscious, yeah. To definitely have the artist in mind there as you're making those design decisions or those story points, huh? Yeah. Nice. Did the, did the script change a lot then throughout the process as you introduced both the pencils and the colors and letters? Did things change or once you begin the process, is it pretty locked in? You know, it, it, it stayed, you know, at, at the very beginning and, and with the first script, when we brought Derek on and we made him co-creator, he read through the first three scripts, I think it was. And he, he said, you know, guys, I think, I think we need to spend a little more time. You know, he, he had some actual story points and some different perspective on that issue one. And that, that, that script changed the most. We put some stuff in there to kind of spend some more time with Davey and Davey's transition and uh, not, not to a woman, but to a space pastor. Um, um, you know, in case you haven't read it, I don't want to, yeah, yeah. I want you to understand what this comic is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would not put it past the, the current story right now. <laughs> yeah, that's later. That's later with David. Um, but, but, you know, and, and then I think um, issue three, he needed a couple more pages to do something we wanted to do and to really make it work. And then I think in some of the later issues, there was, there was, a, there were a couple of times where we, we were just juggling multiple scenarios at one time and, and he, he, he found some ways to tie it in. It didn't really change the script. We just sort of had to move some things around. But um, by then, we were pretty good at all working together. But that it was really that first first script that, that needed the most uh, the, the most alteration. Uh, kind of the most uh, yeah. uh, the most real effort as far as the collaboration goes. And yeah. Kind of yeah. It's, like forming, uh, it's like kind of like forming a band or whatever. You know, those first practices, <laughs> you're still trying to figure out kind of the sound and all that. Right. I think the first issue. A little late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think it's like that first issue, and I think maybe a little bit in issue two and three as well. It's kind of I view it as us kind of really trying to lock that in, and that does require a little bit more kind of like, uh, yeah, ed- like editing at every step of the way. Like I-, I could say that even still to this day, any space faster story doesn't really have its dialogue finalized until the lettering stage. You know still be in it's still always the potential that someone may see it or see something different or recommend a change huh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah nice nice and um so currently with volume two out then uh and very successful already and about three days to go now uh, uh what's in store with uh with space masters here for us will volume two will be published here through humanoids um this year or will that start then after the kickstarter is delivered they kind of run congruently in a way. I don't know. I hate to make it so um, 
I have to be careful of spoilers here, but at the same time, Definitely. I don't want to make it too comprehensive either. The, the hardcovers really are kind of our director's cut. So the stories are told in a different order and they're told, I think, slightly different. Um, whereas the monthly issues kind of run in a different order as well. And, they're, I, I, and the orders are really based kind of on two different ways of consumption. I do think that the people that are reading it every single month kind of have to digest that story in a logical way, in a way that's kind of more similar to maybe like a TV show or something like that. Um, maybe a little I, more condensed into some episodes or some smaller pieces there, huh? Yeah, whereas like the, the director's cut hardcovers, I think are kind of like our, um, yeah, kind of like a, a, a totally unique, different reading experience. And that it's full a, project a, too. I mean, it's some, there's something to be said for really reading a full volume of a story versus the monthly weight. Um, and both are both can be great for different purposes, but to really you know appreciate a story or fall into the art there, having that full volume is awesome. I just uh, I've just been reading through Ice Cream Man, and um, waited actually for all five volumes of trade of the trade to just fall into that instead of go issue by issue. So it's it depends really how people read, but it's it's awesome to see Kickstarter uh, work as a platform to get these projects. Um, to where they need to be, right, and and get all of the hard work done as uh, as both colors and letters need to be done even after after Roberts uh, Robertson's work. So it's cool to see the project coming to fruition for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, are there volumes planned after volume two, or more of yes. a of a future? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have we have two more volumes basically done. We have. Uh, a couple of things we're refining so and they're roughly the same size so the, you know volume one is about 130 pages volume two 130 pages and both of those are available right now on the kickstarter oh sweet and, and so and so three and four will be kickstarters of their own then probably yeah they will probably oh. do it that way yeah and uh Very and cool. they'll be separate they'll be separate we'll do volume three and then a few months later we'll do volume four um and we'll sell them directly probably through our website also once we get all that straightened out which is spacebastards.com for those hey. listening. Yeah. Right. And uh, and on Twitter at spacebastards is just the the title. Is that just your title's handle or is that one of you guys um, on Twitter? That's, that's collectively kind of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole group, huh? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But that's, yeah. It's, uh, what is the full Twitter handle there, Joe? Do you know? It's, it's, it's space underscore underline bastards. Yeah. Space underline yeah. bastards. <laughs> yeah and that's about yeah two or three people <laughs> nice that's a good way to do we, it we, we, we try not to trip over each other there yeah <laughs> i can imagine that's a, a unique kind of collaboration there with social media <laughs> yeah uh, so guys when it comes to really pulling the rest of the team together how did you guys track down your letters and colors um, are they folks you've worked with in the past or that uh, uh derek had worked with yeah, so kind of a combination, really. I mean, there's a there's a myriad of different artists that are in, involved in Space Bastards, kind of in the in the long term. And so yeah. um, we met. It's a network of people that I think we've met different talented people through. So uh, Travis, obviously, also too, Humanoids is a great resource as well. Um, they have just a great track record of quality comics, and so we're always leaning on our editor Rob um, to to kind of give us pointers in terms of you know, hey, who are people that we should Oh, you know, induct, cool. induct into our own little Space Bastards club here. So Humanoids has helped with bringing on some some talent or bringing some folks into the team. 
A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Though they, I will say that like one of the weird fortunate things that, we, that Joe and I also had is that the for year one, at least, the, a large body of the work had already been completed as well, so. Uh, I see. So then it, it was really just waiting and getting through that process of, of printing and soliciting, huh? Correct. And uh, yeah, trying to figure out kind of the best way to, to come into the world, you know, you have to kind of <laughs> choose the way to be birthed here, you know? Yeah, how to how to unravel that red carpet, and now you can uh, you can see that work, you know, on on Wednesdays every month here at the at the comic shops. Um, how does it feel to see Space Bastards here here now, you know, in folks' hands, uh, coming from that idea of yours here from you know even childhood? It's amazing. I'll, I'll <laughs> let Joe I'll, I'll let Joe expound on that, but for me, it's been. Um, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. It's been really surreal and crazy for the last two months. It seems cool to see that uh, that you you know just created something here, you know, on your own, and then were able to take it through different several mediums, and then now just uh, you know some random kids grabbing it, um, you know, seeing that finger pointing them off volume off cover two here. Go ahead, Joe. It's, it is amazing, and they, you know, the um, we've been messing with this, you know, for for Eric's been messing with it for a really long time. But we've been fooling around with this, you know, with, with Derek on board even since like 2014. So oh, okay. that's a seven-year itch, you know, that, that needed to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that's seven, satisfying. Seven yeah, years of, of blue balls, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 there's there's you know I'll search on YouTube sometimes in, at night. And there's like there's like this, these tiny YouTube channels, and it'll be like three guys standing there reviewing our book and they're talking about it and they're laughing you know when they're describing some of the stuff that goes on you know and we we're not sure you know if people are we just find it offensive or stupid or you know what would happen you know we didn't know what was going to happen and, and just i mean aside from the reviews just seeing these guys you know in their basement standing or in their comic shop or wherever they are you know in their living room standing there talking about the the book is is, is great i mean that's bs in the story laughing about yeah. the jokes <laughs> right right yeah no i think the the offensive uh, angle works perfectly for for the comic uh you know at least for the style of comics that i read and in stories that i search for at least yeah it's, thank you uh, so much rob like it, it's <laughs> it, i was so worried with issue two i mean i, I was like it's really kind of when we get to the the we explore a little bit more of some of the uh, less than savory elements of our cast, and so I never know how that's going to be if people are going to read it the right way, where it's kind of like it's not you know uh, that it's pretty right. I don't know whatever, but it's but, it's irreverent in the right sense, you know. It's, yeah, uh, it's humor humorously irreverent. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the satires there, I think, and the right. caricature, I think, of some behaviors and all that stuff. I mean, it, it's been. Yeah, it's been amazing to see reviewers like grasp it uh, in all of in all kind of layers of the onion, as it were. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a uh, it, it's a it's a pretty great package. I'll be looking forward to uh, to issue three for sure, and uh, trying to get some other folks at the shop to pick it up. When I grabbed the, um, the first issue, there was definitely some folks just even looking at the title, just like Space Bastards. You know what the heck? <laughs> there's a uh, there's actually a band called Starfucker who oh. I had read that they had a headlining in Minneapolis at one time and decided that that would be a crazy title for a short story. I had tried to write it like a sci-fi story a few different times and seeing um, the version here, Star Bastards now has been, has been awesome. <laughs> it's like a blast from the past there. I don't know how That's the awesome. band sounds. I don't know if I, I don't know that I could recommend them. <laughs> 
Um, do you guys have any other comic projects or film or other media projects here in the pipeline as we come towards the end of our interview? We just live and breathe space bastards. These guys, I have a All picture. Things. I have that, that, that cover of issue two I wake up to every morning. Like the, the <laughs> just staring I, at you. I got from, from Derek. That, so, like, I wake up to Roy Sharpton, I wake up to the space <laughs> bastards, and I go to sleep to the space bastards. It's Are we going to see right some now. toys here down the road from space bastards? Some, oh, some reaction figures, no, some vinyl toys. <laughs> There's definitely yeah. some cool um, kind of 3D CAD companies that can take a drawing and then render the, the 3D model. But when it comes to production, there's another uh, another headache. <laughs> right, we've yeah. Been, we've looked into that, but it's like, you know, we're just trying to get the damn comic done. But I, I'd, I'd love to make some uh, Do the, 3D models of these guys, the Manicorn and uh, Zordak. And, uh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Long-term, right? For now, the, the four volumes is a, sounds like an epic enough goal, man. It's... It's got to feel great to see that those books hitting and, you know, starting to see your, your stories, you're taking, taking life, dude. Well, I think, I think that's it is that our real mission right now is to try and get as many different people to experience space bastards as possible. So, um, I mean, that's now the challenge is try to get as many people to check out the Kickstarter or go to their comic shop and pick up the singular issues, all that stuff. So right. certainly right. thankful for you giving us the opportunity to speak, you know, on this okay. stuff. They definitely spreading the word. We might have to schedule another episode here once issue three hits hits the shelves, so we can kind of keep BSing about the plot as it as it unravels for folks who didn't get on the earlier Kickstarter or who are oh, waiting it. still for the rewards of the second. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, count, um, count us in, Rob. That'd be great. In the meantime, where can folks find you guys here online again? Uh, easiest thing right now, I mean, for the next two days, definitely check out Kickstarter for volume two of Space Bastards. And then also, too, I would say take notice of spacebastards.com. And then I would say space underscore or underline bastards uh, for uh, our Twitter handle. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, thank you guys for joining. And as always, folks, you can find the news, reviews, and interviews here on afterdragons.com. And you can find me on Twitter at afterdragons underscore. Thank you. Thank you.